Hi, welcome to Step Into Courage. It's me, Kelly. We're going to have a fun time today. This is the third time I've tried, I've tried to start this podcast. I'm in the parking lot, and the car next to me decides, the alarm decides to go off. So we're starting over for the third time, hopefully the last time. So if you've ever heard of the term balance, what does balance mean to you? And what, how does it make you feel to achieve to try and strive for balance? Is it something we, we, we know we're never going to attain, but yet we try to strive for it? Or do you think it's kind of like a setting us up for failure? Um, so if you, I'm giving you permission today to throw balance out the window. Just everything you've ever thought about balance, how you need to have balance in your life. Yes, today I'm giving you 100% permission to throw it out the window. And today we're going to replace it with offsetting. I'm sure there's a hundred different ways to think of this and a hundred different ways people have talked about offsetting, but this is how I'm going to explain it today. So, um, yeah, you're never going to be 100% um, equal. For instance, your kids, they're never going to always get the same amount of attention. If you, uh, if you have one child, then yes, that's a different story. But if you have more than one child or, um, then you're probably never, they're probably never going to always have the same amount of attention given to one or the other. It's always going to have one is probably one is might be sick. So he's going to receive more attention for a time or one is needing more help in their schooling. So they're going to be the one with the most attention given to them. So, it's, there's never really a balance with giving our kids attention. And I think it's false to think that we have to. So I think this whole reason for this podcast is to get rid of a whole bunch of needless guilt that we think that we have to be these perfect mothers or these perfect wives or these perfect members of society and it's really just harming us more than helping us. So let's get into it a little bit and we'll start with my favorite cleaning and we'll just talk about that for a while because I think having this picture perfect house that we see on Pinterest or that we see on a blog. Yeah, I mean we we probably know deep down that their house doesn't always look like that, but what if it does? Should we feel, should we ourselves feel guilty for our friend that really values that and she always does have a clean house and we shouldn't shame her for that? But say we are just not putting value into that and so, but, but yet we still want somewhat of a clean house and somewhat sanity in our homes to have to maintain some level of peace in our homes, right? But we just can't attain that level, the ideal level of a clean house all the time. Maybe that's just not us. So does that mean that you should throw cleaning out the window and never clean your house? No. No, it doesn't mean that. So for me, I realized that having just one room of my house in decent order was going to make me a, a happier, um, feel more at peace or feel more together, whatever you want to call it. 
I noticed that if I have at least one room that's in decent order, then I can let all the others go. And so what? think about what room is that for you. Maybe it's your bedroom. Maybe you need that space when you wake up to be peaceful and clean and calm. Or maybe I know I hear a lot of people are like, oh, my kitchen, if my kitchen counters are just wiped down and clean and my sink is clean, then I can conquer anything. Maybe they like to cook a lot. Maybe think about what is the hub of your room. I mean, of your house. Is it the kitchen? Maybe it's um, the front room or maybe it's the den. Whatever is that room that your kids and you always seem to gravitate towards, maybe make that your room that you are in charge of, that you clean or that you keep up and maintain to maintain your sanity and a sanity, certain sanity level of your home. So here's the thing. Maybe, so on the flip side, the balance would be, oh, my house is, my house is clean 50% of the time. No, your house isn't clean 50% of the time. You've got one room that's clean um, all the time. So that's probably like, maybe we'll say you've got 25% of the time it's clean and 75% of the time it's in, it's messy. And that's okay because you're able to maintain that level of calmness and sanity that you want. Um, and that the balance would be 50-50. But no, it, it doesn't work like it. Maybe you're only able to keep that room clean 10% of the time. And it's 10-90. But you're trying. So that is enough. That is enough. And there's no balance there. There's no, it's, you're offsetting. Um, so yeah, for you, think of that house or that room in the house, or maybe you just need your cat. Yeah. Maybe it's something really small. Maybe you just need your counters wiped down, or maybe you just need a closet and you're just going to shove everything in it. And that could be good enough. Like, how are you, or maybe for you, it's not about things being picked up. It's about, um, just having like some tranquil music in the background, or maybe it's about having a breeze. Good luck with that in the winter time, but maybe you just need a breeze going through your home and that's what's going to add. That's what's going to offset the mess. So you need something to offset the, the mess. So yeah, if you cook a lot, then you're going to want, probably want a clean kitchen or you cook a lot and you're like, no, I, I know this is going to be messy, so I at least want the entryway to be clean when people come over. They at least will think, you know, oh, it's nice in your house when they first walk in. That first impression is what really counts, right? So just the entryway needs to be good, and all the rest of the house can be in disarray. So, yeah, you don't have to have a clean house 100% of the time or hardly any percent of the time. I'm there's the car alarm. <laughs> I am just going to keep going. So, food. Say for instance, hold on, I am going to stop.
Okay, well, we are back. That is getting annoying. So, we're going to talk about food for a second. So, you just binged on a whole bunch of chocolate chip cookies. Maybe you had 25 chocolate chip cookies. Maybe they were small. And you're kind of like, oh, no. Now I've got to eat healthy from now on. And I... I'm not trying to discount, like, these feelings that you might be having. But I, th I think that sometimes we can kind of be that dramatic and be like, oh, no, now, I'm, now I'm, I must eat um, 10 salads to make up for this, these 25 cookies that I ate. Well, I guess it would be 25 salads. But no, 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 sister, you do not have to do that. All you have to do is think, huh, and you don't have to, you have to add in guilt to this mix. There's no reason. You've already done it. So feeling guilty about it is not going to cause you to not do it again in the future. Most likely. Maybe that's how you operate. But most likely guilt doesn't really um, encourage us to do better the next time. So all you have to say to yourself is, um, I didn't make such a good choice this time for my body, but next time I'm going to do better. I'm going to choose better. So just with your next food choice, you could have, say, um, you know, just like maybe you're going to eat some pasta and some vegetables. So you have your vegetables, you had your grains, you had some, maybe some meat in there. So you, it doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden going to eat this healthy all plant-based, organic, gluten-free diet. No, it just means you can have, You. it just means you did better than you did the time before. And we don't need to throw in any guilt in the mix. And maybe you're like, I think I'm going to take a walk. Maybe that is going to what is going to offset those those cookies, not because you're trying to walk off the cookies, but because you're going to provide yourself, your body with some movement and some exercise to help it feel good. Maybe you're feeling a little sluggish from the sugar or the gluten or whatever, but, um, I'm not opposed to gluten. <laughs> I just know some people are sensitive to it. So that is why I say that. Um, and I'm not opposed to sugar either, but I just know sometimes we can guilt ourselves about sugar. Um, so yeah, maybe you're just going to walk. You're going to take a walk and help your body to feel better. And it, it doesn't mean you have to walk for 20 minutes or 20 miles. It can mean like a 10 minute walk around the block is how you're going to offset that. Or you could offset it by uh, meditation. So, what is meditation? To me, meditation is paying attention to what's around me and observing and thinking about it and also just deep breathing and really kind of being inside my body and feeling the feelings that I have are, is meditation to me. So, maybe you're going to meditate. Maybe you're going to... Um, watch something funny. Maybe you need a pick-me-up. Maybe those cookies 
<laughs> might not have done it like you were hoping. And so you need, you need, or maybe you need connection. Maybe that's really what you were looking for when you were going after those cookies. Um, so, or maybe it wasn't, maybe you just wanted to eat those cookies and that could have been that too. And maybe you don't need to offset that at all. So you have to decide though, do I want to offset this? How can I offset this and think in the smallest terms possible, not these, I got to sign up for a gym membership now. I've got to do 10 workouts now, or, you know, these, these extreme things. No, you don't. You just have to make one step forward in the right direction and you get to choose what that step is. And you get to choose to let go of any of the guilt thinking that you have to achieve balance with your eating because you don't. Um, some other things I'm going to talk about are some hard things in your life. How can you offset the hard things? Because I think there's this misconception that life is hard. You're, it's going to be hard and that you just have to accept it. And yeah, there's going to be good times, but for the most part, life is just hard and get over it and learn to have joy through those hard times. So I think that we can learn to have joy and through our trials and through our hard times. But also I think there's another way. I think we can look at our hard things and think, how can I offset this? How can I make this better? Like, maybe, I, maybe it doesn't have to be this hard. So what if you have a kid who doesn't sleep at night? And there's really, like, I have a child who has a hard time falling asleep at night. She'll go through phases where she does and she doesn't. So I think, oh, she's good. She's, she's over this hump. And then she's back. She's regressed. And you know what? I realized something last night that it's okay that I don't have to solve her problem of her not being able to go to sleep. I've, I've tried solving her problem. I've tried and I've struggled and I've probably been, had so much stress over it and anxiety over it. Which I'm sure that doesn't help, obviously. But it was like last night I just had like this switch. But you know what? If she never um, falls asleep well on her own, it's okay. Like it, it's going to be okay. Like it doesn't mean she's never going to fall asleep. Because she does eventually fall asleep. It might just take her longer. And that's okay. Some people just take longer. And it doesn't mean that she's got all these problems. It doesn't mean that um, it's going to affect her health for the rest of her life. It doesn't mean that um, my sleep is going to rerun because of it. it. It doesn't mean anything. It just means it takes her longer. And that's okay. Yeah, we could still do things to help, to help with it. Like if we wanted to do some calming tea or if we wanted to do some breathing, meditation, um, there's, she likes music, you know, we definitely still do those things, but it's okay if she doesn't. And I think that's kind of offsetting the heart. It's like, yeah, this is, yeah, 
this is how it's going to be for a little while. And it's not going to be like this um, all the time. And if it is, oh well. It still is. But, um, but maybe, you know, I can offset that with, um, you know, at bedtime maybe I can do something for me after the kids go to bed and after she's finally asleep to kind of offset that hard thing that, you know, of trying to get her to sleep that I went through. Whether that's me um, reading a book or maybe I'm going to go take a nice soaking, relaxing tub. <laughs> take a nice soak in the tub. So um, what if we have a kid um, that has a disability? which they're going to need more attention, they're going to need more time, they're going to need more care and love. But that's a hard thing. And we just have to think, how are we going to offset this? How is it, what things can I do to not make this so hard? Maybe I'm going to hire a tutor for this, for this kid. Or maybe... I'm going to spend 10 minutes a day working extra with this kid to offset that hard thing and um, not make it not make it bad, not make the disability bad, not say this is so hard, why can't my kid just be quote unquote normal when they're not supposed to be. And maybe we will join a group that can like a support group and we'll get we'll have a support and we'll have these friendships and we'll have these um connections and resources that we wouldn't have before so just because something is hard doesn't mean we can't make it better and you might be struggling with your with not having any friends. Maybe you're just at a point where you just don't have as much time as you'd like or you just haven't really run into anyone that you really want to be friends with. So you can think, well, how can how can I... Um, maybe I have some really good online friends. Maybe it's not the best thing, but maybe it's better than not having any friends at all. Maybe I have this... Maybe I'm a part of this online social community that really cares about me, that really understand me. Yeah, they're not friends that I can see, but they're still friends. Or maybe you have family members that are really close. Or um, maybe, you know, you, you are just really good friends with a lot of people, but maybe you don't have those deep relationships, but that's okay. Some people call them surface relationships, but maybe to you, they still mean something, and that could be enough to get you through the hard time. Um, real quick, what if your marriage is struggling? What if you are like, everyone else is going on these weekly date nights, and every time my husband and I go on weekly date nights, we fight. <laughs> or maybe we spend way too much money that we don't have and so that means you shouldn't go on date nights no 
it just means maybe you can, um, maybe you could just be more flirty with your husband while you're together with them or while you're at home making dinner or cleaning. Um, but it's not necessarily about the date night. It's about connection and you don't necessarily have to go on a date night every Friday night. You don't necessarily have to um, write each other these long love notes <laughs> or buy these extravagant gifts to show your love. I think it is really in the small things and showing our affection in little ways that really add up. And you, you get to decide what your marriage is going to look like. And you don't have to compare it to everyone on social media. And you don't have to compare it to your family or your friends. You get to have the relationship that you want to have. And you get to be able to strengthen that in, in, a way, in ways that look good for you in this time of your life. And it's not going to always look like the ideal. So, all right. Well, that is all about offsetting your motherhood, your life, and you've got this. Don't ever think for one minute that you have to achieve balance in your life because you most likely won't, and that's okay because you've got other tools to do that. So, take care.